Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to episode four of the She Wolf Den podcast. Today, I am joined by Kelly Ratney, and we had such an incredible conversation around women and how the media and how the fitness industry, diet industry, and all, you know, how our society you know, perpetrates this idea of self-doubt and that we are just not good enough as the people that we are and how we're always kind of seeking this ideal that we're told that we should be seeking. So um, there was lots of different conversation around this topic and different examples of it. Um, And I I just, I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. So I'm really excited to dive into it. Um, So here we go. everybody. Um, Allie here with the She Wolf Den podcast. We've taken a little bit of a break for the uh, past little bit. Um, You know, crazy COVID stuff, getting busy. (laughs) And um, so we're back now. And I decided to do something a little bit different with this particular podcast interview. I'm recording it both on audio as well as on video so I can upload it to YouTube. So you can see the beautiful person that I'm interviewing today. So I'd like everybody to meet Kelly Ratney. She is a shamanic healer and transformational coach, which if you don't understand what those things are at the beginning of this, I guarantee you will understand it at the end and you will definitely want to connect with her further and see what she's doing because she's super, super cool. I've had the opportunity to have a couple of conversations with her now and see some of the stuff she's doing online. And it is super lovely. And a lot of it really, really, really resonates with um, me and what I'm, you know, what I'm trying to achieve as a fitness and nutrition coach and just helping people live healthier, happier lives. And then I thought that it would be really relevant to bring her on this podcast because she is super in tune with, um, you know, the, the female being and, and what that means or what that could mean and how to kind of maximize, you know, what that looks like for you. So, um, all right, Kelly, nice to see you, <laughs> I guess, because we're on video. So nice to see you. It's so wonderful. How are you doing? Wonderful. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me and hello everyone that's uh, listening or watching. It's lovely to have you all here. And Ali, thank you so much for having me. I really admire the work that you're doing with people, especially women, like not men, men, I love you. You have a place in this world. Um, I don't, I'm not going to talk a lot about you, to be honest. (laughs) So I will address you, I promise. But, um, you know, my work is, is predominantly with women. And so I am habitually talking to women. So men, I am acknowledging you. I don't mean to not acknowledge you, but um, Ali, yeah, I really appreciate being on and I appreciate um, the work that you're doing and how many things we have in common is, is, is wonderful. So thank you. You're very welcome. And yeah, I, I really like that you touched on like already, you know, hey, men, we recognize and acknowledge that, you know, you're awesome too. But actually, a lot of my podcast and the whole um, the whole point of this podcast was to reach women and um, and give them information and resources and tools to live a more fantastic um, and you know healthy life, whatever that looks like for them. Um, so I know that uh, you know you know men obviously play a huge role in that because we need to find that balance. But this is about um, all of our lovely ladies in the world. Um, and what they can take home 
from, you know, different people that I talk to, or, you know, even the things that maybe I can introduce or that you can introduce, um, that are, is going to help them live a better life. So, um, yeah, so this is about them. That's the, the she wolfness of the she wolf den podcast, right? Yes, exactly. I love it. So, um, okay, Kelly, I have to admit, um, when I was first introduced to you, so we've had a conversation on zoom before, but when I was first introduced to you, all that I had, we, we were introduced by um, a mutual friend um, in the business realm, um, a female business coach. Um, and when she first introduced me to you, because you were looking for um, somebody to work with in, um, you know, potentially for your clients and things like that in the fitness realm, um, I, I looked you up on, on Facebook and I looked you up on Instagram. And, um, and the few things that I saw in your bio, I was like, oh boy, what am I getting myself into? Because you know what, honestly? I'm like, I consider myself, you know, a self-proclaimed, you know, logical person. And a lot of the stuff in more of like your wellness and spiritual coaching realm is super, super foreign to me. And, um, and so I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> what, what is she, first of all, what does she do? <laughs> and, um, and, and, and like, is she some sort of, uh, you know, strange magician goddess, you know, whatever. I was like, this is going to be different because it's not something that I'm used to um, working with. And it's not something that I've had a lot of conversations around, but we had such an amazing first conversation that it like, it really, really opened my mind because I will tell you, it was very close to some of the stuff that you were speaking about and, and doing and things like that, because I've not been introduced to it before. So um, I was so happy to have that conversation just because um, it really kind of opened my mind to a lot of things that maybe it was a little bit closed off to. So what I want to start with is if you have some preconceived notions um, about what Kelly does, you need to kind of listen further as she introduces what she has to say and introduces what she does, um, because I think that it will really open your mind too. So Kelly, start with a little bit about yourself and tell people what you do as a coach and a little bit about your business and your work, please. Wonderful. Thank you. And I appreciate you sharing that. It is... Um... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it can feel really foreign. So I, my name is Kelly, obviously, as Ali has already introduced me so wonderfully. And um, I'm originally from a lovely place called Kamloops, British Columbia. My background is actually in the fitness industry. So that's where Ali and I have um, a, a real common ground. So I was a personal trainer for over a decade. I've owned three gyms in my life and also have a strong background in martial arts and Muay Thai, Thai boxing. So my life was um, I'm also I'm you know I'm happily married my and I have a beautiful three and a half year old little girl and um, we're safely stuck in Canada we've been safely stuck in Canada since COVID hit and we're actually returning home to Thailand on um, the 21st of August uh, you know all things going smoothly and all things going the way that they're supposed to so that's really exciting so it's been um, yeah it's been a wild ride as it has been for everyone over the course of this year 2020 is definitely a year um, of self-reflection and, and self-awareness so that's a little bit about me um, you know I was really someone who was really stuck in my physical body like we all like we're all here in this physical body this wonderful body experiencing life and <clears throat> that was where my focus was so like I you know I've never met a woman who hasn't had a, a body image issue so I'm going to just safely like plaster the, the word all like all women I've struggled with body image you know I've never not until recently I've never loved my body I was always trying to fix something I was 
you know, I started getting Botox when I was 21. I've obviously broken up with Botox, but, um, <laughs> you know, my lips and I had breast implants in and I had breast implants taken out and, um, you know, fitness is, uh, you know, being physically fit and physically able is hugely, hugely important. And, but the fitness industry itself is, is, is can be quite damaging. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a good, strong sense of who you are, what you're here to do, and also if you don't have good coaches around you, and I will be very, very honest with you, there's more coaches that are concerned with getting, you know, the aesthetic result than there are coaches who are looking to like really elevate your mindset around your body. Yeah. So I really found myself, you know, just was in the gym five to six days a week, two to three hours a day. I remember a point in time, and I was strong. I, I never did bikini competitions, and that's not a judgment. Like, there, this is not judgment. Um, I was just really, really, I was someone who really liked feeling strong. I also really liked looking good, you know, like, I'm not going to pretend that I, that's not something that I was concerned about. Um, but it was, you know, it was just really never enough. I was never lean enough. I was never strong enough. I was never fast enough. And so, you know, I remember, like, <laughs> It kind of makes me laugh now. Like I remember, like counting out almonds. Like sit, like you know, you're on these like crazy, like right. You're and my background is also holistic nutrition, so I I did a lot of meal plans. I did a lot of conversation around food, um, and they've always lived a healthy, you know, like very conscientious of where my food comes from. Very conscientious about the environmental imprint that the companies that I choose to purchase food from create, and and so on and so forth. And you know, but I remember like you know, I could never really appreciate myself. I could never appreciate what my body was doing. And I remember sitting at the end of the day and like counting out almonds, measuring out, you know, a quarter cup of blueberries, like blueberries were the problem of all things. Do you know what I mean? Like to put in my smoothie, right? Weighing out two ounces of chicken so that I had all my, you know, your like 10 little micro meals a day, whatever the trend was. Right. Um, and I remember doing all of that and, and just never, ever being really that happy in general. Like, you know, I looked pretty happy. I had, you know, what people would consider a lot of confidence. But at the end of the day, I was so riddled with criticism around myself that it, it became suffocating. And so, you know, fast forward some time and, um, you know, we opened our own gym, which was a journey onto its own, which I don't have to tell you about <laughs> You know, you know, between like personal training and then just dealing with like the day-to-day members that never even really trained with you, it was just so apparent that there was something really, really um, disconnected, as particularly for women. Men too, like men have a divine masculine that's like very, very shut down at the moment, and 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 women, it was just like such a disconnection to how amazing they were, right? It became all about these bodies. And we were sort of joking earlier, Ali, about, you know, women that would kind of, and I mean joking, like, and looking back, but, and not joking about the actual issue at hand, but, you know, women would come in with like, like pictures yeah. of someone. And they're like, I want a body like this, like as if it's a car, like, and as if it's something that, like, that's, that's what your job is, is to be here as a source of beauty and a source of entertainment. And that's not true. I mean, it's true in our society. That's like the storyline that's been built up for us as women. And it used to break my heart. You know, I'd see these women and they would come into the gym and they, you know, they'd be doing these things, you know, they would start with like, you know, five pounds, like a five pound overhead press. And then before you know it, they're like moved on to a barbell and, and they're so proud, but they're, they, they can't correlate that into love for themselves. No. 
like it's like they're it's like you're doing all of these things but that's still that's still not enough to feel exactly. proud of themselves which is like totally mind-blowing hey it is and it's also that's like everywhere in our society around women you're doing all the things like how many of, our, of us are doing all the things you know you're raising children you have a career you're graduating from university you're finishing high school you're getting married you're uh whatever like you're volunteering you're you're reading all the books you're doing all the things you know Brene Brown's quotes like off the top of your head but yet you still aren't really that satisfied you're really not that happy you have moments of happiness right but then you have moments of like sadness that seem to come out of nowhere you have moments of anger that you can't you're like why am i so angry why am i dealing with depression why am i dealing like why is it that women suffer from depression more than men why is it that women suffer from anxiety more than men why do we have teenage girls that are dieting you know how have we still not come far enough from the days of, you know, when it was like trendy to have an eating disorder, like truly I can say that I'm 38 years old. Like it was like normal yeah. for you and your girlfriends to have an eating disorder. Like, oh, how much did you eat today? Oh, wow, I didn't eat that much. Like it was like this thing to be so proud of. Right. And so how have we come into this place where we have these movements of body positivity, but yet we still have designers in the fashion industry that are using children as models to model women's clothing we still have normalized plastic surgery to the point where it's like oh you want to go get your eyelashes tinted well do you want to get your lips done at the same time because we can do that mm -hmm. you know and this isn't a judgment like i ladies i and gentlemen everyone all of the people listening and watching like i have done all of those things that was my whole entire existence was being attractive you know, it was like my business card and I, you know, in the fitness industry, it's Especially like in the fitness industry, your body, yeah. your image is 100% your business card because people, people perceive that what you look like is how they could look like. Yes. So you are like, and you're also, you know, in the fitness industry, you're also like swimming with a lot of sharks. Yeah. It is very, very male dominated. I remember going to fitness conferences and I'm sure this is something that you've experienced too, where it's like, you are like one out of five women okay. in a room full of 500 people. And it's like, especially as an owner, mm -hmm. you know, like, especially as an owner, the pool gets even smaller. I have the funniest thing to tell you about that just because you brought it up. I remember so well, we were in like quarantine, we renovated our gym. And I was, I mean, we're, we're shut down, we're closed. And um, so we're not bringing in any income, but we were like, you know what? This is the perfect opportunity to do some work on our facility that kind of needs to be done. And it's easiest to do when nobody's there. So we painted our entire facility, gave it a bit of a facelift. So I was literally outside of our front of our building, standing on like, you know, like the jumping boxes, the um, bio boxes. I'm standing on those. I'm, I'm not very tall, right? So I'm standing on these things with like a 20 foot pole with my, <laughs> with my um, roller on the end. And some guy come, uh, comes behind me and he was like, oh, wow, like that looks really good. I was like, thank you. You know, doing a little bit of a facelift and stuff. He's like, you know, that guy who owns this place, he does such a great job. And like, don't get me wrong. I, my business is family owned. My parents own it and my husband owns it. We own it together. Um, but I've very much been a face for it because I'm kind of the pertinent social media person. But I was like, I was a little bit taken aback. And I was like, what do you mean the guy that owns this place? Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> and I, I was kind of like, wow, like that assumption 
that like, how could, how could I possibly have a stake in this business? And I was kind of like, who do you, like, we're close right now. Who do you think is, do you think I've hired somebody to paint this dang building? No, I'm painting it myself. And I'm like, maybe you should come here. here. I'm get to know of this. Oh, but I couldn't believe it. I was like, what do you mean? But it was the assumption that, that, oh, that guy who owns this place. And I was like, huh. I like, I never, it never really occurred to me before. Like it has occurred to me. It's in the back of my mind sometimes when you go places and you, you are, you are, you do are, you are kind of like the little fish in there. Um, but I was just like, that brought it to light that it was just like this assumption that, you know, it was a male, it is a male dominated industry. So obviously a male would own this business. Obviously. 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 I was like, I, I, yeah, I remember those times of people being like, oh, can I talk to your husband? And I'm like, you want to talk to my husband? He's the Thai man in the back holding pads who like is just learning how to speak English right now. Yeah. You can go ahead and talk to him. <laughs> but whatever, yeah. Go ahead. Go talk to him about your $49 a month membership. Like, please right. do. Right. Like, so we, so, you know, fast forward, fast forward. I, um, I was pregnant. I was very excited to be pregnant. Um, we'd been trying for a while. It just, nothing was happening. And finally it clicked and our, our gym was doing well, everything was going well. And, um, I was, I had such a beautiful pregnancy. I, I was really, really healthy. I was really happy. I didn't have, you know, any of the symptoms that everyone had warned you about. Do you know what I mean? Which also ladies, like, please stop doing that to each other. It's a joyous occasion. Don't turn it into an inconvenience. Don't fall into the patriarchal structure of like how inconvenient it is for you to be a woman. Side note, another topic for another time, possibly. But stop telling people horror stories about the most miraculous thing that you are ever, ever, ever experienced. Terrifying. Don't do that. Don't do that. Make it magical. Keep it magical as it's supposed to be. So, you know, we, blah, 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 coming up to, you know, giving birth to my daughter, had an emergency C-section and, you know, just was so in love with her, but I just felt this like immense sadness. And I'd battled with depression in my life. I'd battled with anxiety in my life. Um, you know, had a lot of like abusive relationships in my life that just, you know, made me question my own worth. I think like a lot of women, um, we get into relationships that are not always nurturing. They're not always loving, right? That can be the relationship with ourselves as well. Yes. And I remember it was my 30, goodness, my 35th birthday. And my daughter had, at that point in time, would have been like just two months old, two and a half months old. And we were supposed to have family over and friends over to celebrate my birthday. And I was in our bathroom in your, you know, like ladies who've had babies, like I commend you, you know, it, that is like some full on stuff that happens for you. You're wearing the like most unattractive bra, you know, and I had like this emergency C-section. So I had like these underwear on that still were so like, and I remember, you know, and I'm, you know, and I'm just like beside myself. My daughter's napping. My husband's like pattering around the kitchen cooking. Uh, that's his realm. That's not my realm. I'm not a domestic diva. And I'm just crying, crying unconsolably. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, what is going on? You know, I'm laying on the bathroom floor and I'm just, it might be you know, like nipples are leaking. I'm just, <laughs> you're just like, this is what? Like, you know, like what? And we're just expected, right, to just be. You know, there's no honoring of, of women and birth and our menstrual cycles and all these things, right? It's so like, oh God, don't be gross. You had a baby? Oh my God, gross. Try and look like you didn't have a baby. Like, don't talk about this baby, right? But especially in the fitness industry, because it's very, I mean, 
this is so sad. I remember women coming in and sitting in my office with me, even before we owned the gym and I was personal training in other people's gyms and saying these exact words. And ladies, if these are words that you have said out loud, I really need you to forgive yourself. And I really need you to like work diligently at undoing this idea. Um, they would say, oh, well, you know, I had a baby and it ruined my body. Oh, yes. You know, yes. and I've heard that hundreds of times. Like, and I, you know, even thinking about it now, like makes me feel super emotional. And it's just, it just creates such trauma for yourself as a mother, but it also creates a lot of trauma for your children. Like not, you're not doing it on purpose. I know none of you are, but it was just like, you know, there was just so much. And so I just at that moment was just like, wow, okay, like something is very missing for me. And I was really, you know, I'd done a lot of mindset work. I'd read like all the books. I was like, you know what I mean? I was doing all of it, super strong, super fit, like had a happy marriage. We, we had a great house. We owned our gym, like, you know, all of the right things. And I was so miserable. So fast forward a bunch. And then all of a sudden I had this huge spiritual awakening. And I think that that was the biggest part was that part, like laying there. And, and I'd never, you know, I had a very disjointed relationship with the church, which is like another day, another time. Um, you know, and, and so, and I had, I didn't pray. I didn't believe, you know, I was so, had a lot of distrust around that dogma, which mm -hmm. is right now that I know it. And I was just like, holy, pardon my language, but like, holy fuck, like this cannot be it. Yeah. Like this cannot be it. I did not as a woman get put on this planet just to fucking entertain people mm -hmm. with the way that I look, with my body, with dieting. Like I, this cannot be right. Yeah. This cannot be the only way to go about it. And, you know, I started just really looking into that. And, you know, so I started with simple things like meditation, moving on, moving on. So moving good. On. For anybody who's not doing meditation, so good. That mindset, oh. Meditation, start with something super simple. Like I think one of the easiest entries into meditation is like the Deepak Chopra app. Mm -hmm. You know, get on the Deepak Chopra app. It's like a 21 day free meditation. And he has a beautiful, soothing voice. He is legit. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I there's like, shirt on your Facebook group the other day. It was just, I don't know, um, oh. just this sound that was just soothing and relaxing. And it just kind of lets you kind of fall into your thoughts. And, yes. and that was, and I think that's what people get wrong with, like when it comes to meditation. And I know that I have been really bad for this because I had a coach who told me about meditation and how it would help with my stress because I'm a stressed out crazy person all the time. Um, and he was like, and I was like, you know what? I just can't turn my brain off. And it took me a long time to realize that I didn't have to. And that just yeah. being present in your thoughts was meditation. And, and it can look different for different people. Absolutely. And it can be moving meditation. Like that's where, you know, and it's so funny because like I never, when I was like dead, you know, I was, I was, I was like training for Tough Mudder all the time. I was always doing Tough Mudders. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like sprinting queen. Like I was, you know, um, I follow, um, I used to follow a training paradigm called like training for warriors. Yep. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, so you're familiar with Martin Rooney and his, uh -huh. his, yeah. And so I was like a, just a beast, like, you know what I mean? I was a freak of nature. Like I was, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, like how did they ever do any of that stuff? And I mean, I, it's great. Like you should be, you should be physically able, ladies. Like, let's just like get that clear. And guess what? Spin class, like having your vagina on a bicycle for that amount of time 
without having like you sh your vagina should not be in contact with anything for that long unless you're having multiple orgasms so let's just like clear that out the door okay, okay um, so great <laughs> also like you need to be physically oh. able like you have to, i need you to like really wrap your head around this is like you need to be physically able mm -hmm. because that's where your power comes through right like you have yeah we have like we have energetic power, we have mental power, we have emotional power, we have physical power. And like burning calories, you know, burning off the donut that you ate or whatever. And I get it. Like this is, this is not a judgment. Like I get it. I get it all. Trust me. Is like, that's not powerful, right? Like you need, here's what you need to be able to do. Like, cause shit is hitting the fan. We can see that clearly. Like the world has gone topsy turvy. Here are the things that you need to be able to do. You need to be able to get up off the ground quickly. You need to get, be able to get back down onto the ground quickly. You need to be able to run. You need to be able to climb a fence. You need to be able to climb a tree. You need to be able to move your body. Yes. Not in this motion. You also need to be able to, um, to take care of yourself, right? Like if there is, if there is a threat to your physical, mental, emotional well-being, you need to be able to like that in a sense exactly right? and like you need to have the capacity to deal with that and yeah. there's something that comes with the strength to be able to do that exactly. and whatever that might look like to you is different for each person but you need to be able to have that foundation of strength to deal with adversity exactly and just to know like that you can yep you know I think that's through martial arts kind of like having the combination yeah. of martial arts and weight training and sprint training and yoga with agility like it all matters yes. you know i'm not trying to dog spin class like i mean look, like there's, there's I, I i love like the loud music and like the lights and stuff like that but i get what you're saying about sitting and yeah it was not a good this all the time women are like yeah my my yoni hurts so i use the word yoni it's a, yeah. it's because vagina is really only like a muscle structure like literally yeah. like one Very piece medical type term very medical, very white coat and like stuff. <laughs> um, but it's like, I hear women, like overhearing women all the time being like, yeah, my yoni and my butt hurts for like a week, but it's so worth it. And I'm just like, you know, there's more than one way to cook a fish, right? Like you, like, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So you're right. Like having that confidence and that, that comes back into just feeling worthy of it and all these things. And I could, I'll, I'll like bring rein myself back into something here. Um, so yeah, for me, it was just like, there had to be something more than just bicep curls and squats to get a firm yeah. booty. There had to be something more. And, you know, so I, I went through a lot of journeying and, you know, we, I think we can start to recognize that we have the ability to really be the creatrixes of our lives. Yeah. So what I was asking for, I didn't know necessarily what I was asking for. I didn't even know what I was looking for. I couldn't tell you, you know, and I think that that's the thing that I hear the most when women come to work with me is they're like, I don't know what's, I'm, I'm stressed out. I'm tired. And I don't really know what's missing. In my like, I don't know what it is. There's not one thing, right? Because we, you know, as women, we can often articulate, well, it's like, well, I just am fat. I am, I don't like this part of my body. I don't like that we we're so used to being able to compartmentalize what we perceive to be wrong with us, that when we've exercised and exhausted all the options, right? We've done all the things. We've hired the personal trainers. We are eating the right foods. We're reading the right books and we're still coming up 
like, why? Why am I still miserable? Exactly. Why am I so stressed out? Why am I so miserable? Why can't I talk? We don't want to turn our thoughts off. Like, that's a beautiful thing to have a thought. But what we don't want them to do is run the show. Yeah. Right? And we want to have peace and quiet. Like, hello. Like, that's exhausting. Laying in bed and having this, like, like, all over. Oh, I can definitely appreciate that. I am the anti-sleeper who thinks about everything and overthinks everything. And it is. It's exhausting. And it's not helping me. And it's not helping anybody else. No. And that's an element of self-trust, right? Like we don't, as a species, we actually don't really trust ourselves because we're really, we're really a disconnected from ourselves, but we're also disconnected from like the natural order of things, right? Like we don't have to learn to trust anything because we can just know that Amazon is going to deliver it. We don't have to trust ourselves because there's, and you have to think like the fitness industry, the health industry, they're all industries, even the coaching industry right? There's like a monetary gain to all of it. Yeah. How do we keep people doubting themselves as we, yeah. you know, how do we keep so that they need to pay for my services or somebody's services to be able to give them the information that they think that they don't already have, but they probably do already have, but I need to tell them how to find it. Yeah. And also it's like overwhelming. It's bombarding. You go, yes. you know, anywhere there's messaging all over the place saying, you don't know yourself. You don't know how to take care of yourself. You don't know how to eat. You don't know how to move your body. You don't know how to love yourself. You don't know da 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 da. And so what we end up with is just like a culture of seekers. Yes. Like how many of us are constantly seeking answers to something, constantly seeking a product to solve a, a thing, yeah. right? Like it's, you know, to solve this oh so offensive problem of you being a woman, of you having body hair of you, whatever the perceived problem is, you having an extra five pounds of weight on your, you know, if I hear one more person talk about like this quarantine 15, it, it's like, you know, right. So we have this like creation of self-doubt, which then causes like that monkey mind, right? Because it's like, well, what if, what if, what about if I do it like this? What about if I do it like this? What about if I do it like this? So Long and short, the universe lined everything up for me. I ended up meeting some amazing teachers in the spiritual realm. And like, I remember a time where I used to joke about, like, I remember this distinctly. I would like be busting out a deadlift at like whatever, 237 pounds, you know, like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. Grunting and groaning, do you know what I mean? Chalking, like all of it. Yes. And like joking about yoga. Yeah. About aligning my chakras. Oh, I just have to find my Zen place and really like, you know, just being in such a place of like misunderstanding and fear mm-hmm. about being anything other than physical. Cause at least the physical I could see. Yes. I could see what needed fixing, which was yeah. never anything truly. I could see where I was failing, right? Like I could see that extra 1% body fat creep on, whatever it was, right? Something ridiculous. That little bit of oh so offensive cellulite that exists on my butt. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> You're perpetually looking in the mirror being like, well, it's still there. So I obviously should only eat six almonds today and I should do I laugh at the almonds so much because I I have had mm, I've had clients like that who are like they like I remember having a conversation with one of my clients years and years and years ago um who came into our facility and she was um she was getting into bodybuilding and I remember her being like I was hiding in my pantry counting chocolate chips yes and I'm like you can eat chocolate chips. 
I, I, I mean, I appreciate that. I appreciate so much that you are like committed to doing the thing that you really want to achieve, but man, I could not count chocolate chips. That bag would be gone <laughs> and I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Like, and can we also just like, can we just not? I was, I, it made me a little, it, it did. It made me a little sad because yeah. I was like, ah, oh, like, I appreciate that you're trying to do something for your health and for your wellness, but I, I, I can live like that. And I don't think that you should either. Like, I don't want to present my, my thoughts on that and, and push that onto other people. But I was also just like, yeah, no, no. Eat the chocolate chips. It's fine. I'm just like, can we just stop calling that? I'm just going to say it. And like, ladies who are listening, if you've ever done a bikini competition, my like heart is really with you because I, I've worked with a number of women, you know, who were, they were coming out of that sport, mm-hmm. not a sport, by the way. Um, it, it's not athletics. It's, it's cruelty. It's, I couldn't do it. Like I mentally, I would not be okay. And, and I that a long time ago I would not be okay no and I tried it I remember being like well I guess this is something that I should do because yes. I'm a female I'm a female trainer and people kept asking it was like this weird thing it was almost like an interview process like people would come you know for their their consultation yeah. right and they're like have you ever competed and I'd always be like no and they're like oh that's so weird like you're probably the only female trainer that I've ever spoken to that's never been on a bikini on a stage and I was like you know, first of all, if you want me in a bikini on the stage, you're probably going to have to actually give me some money and not just, a, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm just joking, but like, that, you know, it's such, a, it's such a week, it's such a, to me, I like, I'm, with so much love and reverence, like, it's just a, it's a super fucked up industry. Yeah. It's what, what really, what really got me about it, because I did, I went through a phase year, a couple of years ago where it was like, well, if I have clients who want to do this or who want to achieve that, I should know what it feels like to go through that experience because mm-hmm. then I can, you know, I can empathize with it and understand it. And, and then, I, and I discussed it, I discussed it with my husband. Cause I was like, well, what do you think about this? Like, is this something that like, like, what do you think about this idea? And he was like, eh, well, if you want to, yeah, <laughs> like what I realized was that, um, was what I realized is that I don't think that I would be mentally or emotionally okay with putting that much work in to look a specific way and have the job of the judges tell me how I still suck. And I was especially when you are like in your quote unquote, the best shape of your life on that, in that moment, the best shape of your life and their job is to tell you how you still suck and why why you're not proportionate or whatever. And I was like, I don't think I could, I don't, I, I would cry. I would cry. They would tell me what was like, you know, that my life. And you're hungry and you're dehydrated and you're like in high heels for way too yeah. long. Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. And I was like, you know what? No, that's not for me. I should go power lift because I like lifting heavy things and I look like I'm pooping while I do it. So there's nothing there's nothing exciting or like, <laughs> attractive about that. And it's cool. Here, all this is happening. So yeah, that. 
it just was the most bizarre experience. Like, cause I was, you know, I came from like a really athletic background and you know, I, I, I do all the big lifts and I was doing pull-ups and I was so proud of myself and, uh-huh. you know, so, but I kept getting this question over and over and over again. And the same like you, it was like, well, I guess this is something, you know, the same thing. Like I had women coming to me, they're like, I really want to compete. And I was like, Oh, you know, uh, whatever. But like, if I, ra- I would rather support you than have you go to like some hack job. Yes dude who's like no offense to dudes who are 19 but like you don't know anything about my body you probably don't know that much about your body do you know what I mean and you're gonna buy a program right and you're gonna be just like subjected to donkey kicks for the rest of your life and whatever right so I I was like yeah you know what I'll do this thing whatever um so I hired a because I didn't know anything about bodybuilding I was like nothing knew nothing about it so I hired a a bodybuilding coach it was a husband and wife team um and you know so they we I met with them initially met with them they did all my measurements and and she was like your your waist is too big you have to stop doing deadlifts that was the first thing she told me your waist is too big you're too thick you have to stop doing deadlifts and your um lat span is too wide you'll have to stop doing pull-ups. So here were like two things that I loved doing was deadlifts and pull-ups. Those were like, I, I could still do those. Oh, wow. I, I could only do those. And I was like, well, what? I was like, okay. So, so anyway, they took all my measurements and they're like, yeah, you're, this is, you know, all these things were wrong with me, right? Like all these things were wrong with my body. And I kind of felt like a loser. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, whatever. And I, you know, I already committed and you know, you pay a lot of money to these people yes. and they're experts. So they emailed me over my new workout program and I was like, oh, this is fucked. So fasted cardio every single morning. So for those of you who are not familiar with fasting cardio, it means that you don't eat any food and you go hammer yourself into the ground on the elliptical trainer or some other god awful piece of equipment that makes your feet hurt and makes you want to pull your eyeballs out of your face. Um, you know, and so, and I was a personal trainer at the time and I took my first clients at 5 a.m. Yeah. So I had to be at the gym at 3.30 in the morning in order to get my cardio in for the day because otherwise I'd be at the gym until like 11 o'clock at night, right? So it was like, you, you know, I do my cardio later. <laughs> fasted cardio. fast until 8 p.m. and then do my cardio. Yeah, right? Yeah. So it's like, oh so I get to the gym 3.30 in the morning, which is like an ungodly hour to be at the gym <laughs> doing anything. And, you know, I do my cardio, then I eat my like, whatever it was like some bullshit like a quarter cup of oatmeal with like fucking nothing else do you know like it's just all bullshit right and then I'm doing like 900 bicep curls and and 10,000 and zero deadlifts zero deadlifts by the way but 10,000 like step ups without weight you know because my my quads were too developed like I was just I was anyway apparently I was a mess my body was <laughs> and so oh my gosh I went from like loving my workouts, like feeling really, really purposeful in my movement, purposeful, powerful, really confident in my, my physical strength, not necessarily in the way that I look, but my physical strength was like on point to suddenly hating my workouts. Like I remember like, who knew there was so many variations of bicep curls? Like you don't know these things until you know these things and, and, you know, reclining bicep curls and bent over bicep curls and like, but, you know, just like all the, like, like whatever you could do, you know, I was just like, this is insane. And I remember 
people saying to me, they're like, oh my God, it's so weird to see you not doing deadlifts and chin-ups. And I was like, mm, like, you know, whatever. And but the, the turning point, like I would have totally gone through, right? I even got to the point where I was doing human growth hormone because they were like, well, you're just, you know, you're just not developing at the rate that we want you to develop. Well, and it's so perceived I, that that's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Like, so I was like, like, you know, I don't really love this. I yeah. don't love this idea, but I mean, I'm already this far in, right? I'm probably to the type of person that if you're going to do something, you're going to do it well. Oh. So when somebody tells you like, oh, well, you just, you, you're not going to, you're not going to be good enough unless you yeah. do this, this, and this. You're like, well, I mean, shit, I'm already committed. So like, right. And it's, and they're selling it. Like, this is what's so amazing, right? It's, it's what like, you're supposed to do. That's it. So Oh. I'm sitting there injecting human growth hormone into oh. my perceivedly offensive belly fat, which was always offensive, by the way, whenever I talked to my coach, who yeah. didn't seem to actually work out herself, which was really interesting. It was a really interesting paradigm. And so I'm over there one day learning how to pose, which, by the way, is like fucking ridiculous. Like that shit is hard. Like that is so, and it's so unnatural, and you feel so weird, and your body hurts, and like, and you're standing in these high heels. So I'm in a pair of high heels in a bikini in this woman's living room mm -hmm. and her daughter was homesick from school that day oh no and so her daughter is about like maybe she's six years old seven years old she was in elementary school very you know sweet girl and she's sitting on the couch and she's watching me and I'm watching her watch me I didn't have children at this point in time and I'm watching her listen to her mom like pick my body apart Oh my God. Being like, oh, look, like you still have a lot of fat here. You still, and she's just watching me. And I was like, this is fucked. Like, this is so fucked up. This little girl who is supposed to be completely free and liberated in her body, not worrying about blueberries or almonds or cellulite or this also like this like offensive fat that everyone talks about which is so yeah. necessary like do you know what I mean I remember her like I just pointed out their armpit fat and they're like how do I get rid of this and I'm just like, like you need it to do this like, <laughs> you can't clap all the way up here or like do this without this yeah. Yeah. You know, and that really was, it was so, you know, and I was watching her and she was just like soaking it all in. Isn't it crazy? Like, you know, and I, re I don't even remember, so crazy. And I don't even remember any of the words anymore that her mother was saying to me, but it was basically along the lines of like, your body is still imperfect. It's not good. All of this, like you're clearly going to be like lose. And, and I drove away from there and I was just like, this is not for me. And not only is it not for me, this is not for anyone, like truly. And I'm going to say that ladies, if you're thinking about competing and, or you're someone that's competed, like the damage that is done a on a physical level, right? I had women that I used to train that would come to me and they would just cry. They would cry and cry and cry for their entire sessions. Cause all they wanted so badly was to get their period back. Right. The hormonal or they wanted to have a baby and that wasn't available to them anymore because of the extreme dieting, because of all the years of, you know, hormonal imbalance, not enough body fat, like your body needs fat, your yeah. brain needs fat, like, you know, and, and I just, and so, and then the psychological down, like I had women who would come and train with me after they had competed, you know, and even some of them, it was just one time and they couldn't look in the mirror. 
So we would have to do all the exercises faced away from the mirror because they were so disgusted yep. in their body. You know, they wouldn't have sex with their partners. They wouldn't go shopping. Like, and they had such disturbing eating habits after that, you know, that like you're talking about a lady who, you know, hiding in the, in the cupboard, like eating chips. Like I had a woman who, and her husband was still competing, which was very, very challenging. Like she would hide in her garage and eat potato chips and then throw them up into the garbage can. Oh, that's, that is sickening and heartbreaking. And it's just, mm, I just, one of the things like you're saying all these things that I can, I can picture people that I have worked with that those things remind me of that. I'm like, Oh yeah, I've worked with that. Like it's things that unfortunately I've, I've worked with a lot of people. So there's things that it's like, Oh, you know, they were years ago, years ago, years ago, because I've really changed in my approach with working with clientele and, um, and what kind of, uh, what kind of a coaching practice that I want to run. So it's been a long time since, but like, I can think of like specific people that I'm like, Yep. I've been, I've worked with that. Yep. I've worked with that. Yep. I've worked with that. Yes. Those, like, I remember, I remember one of my, one of my individuals came in, it was years ago now, but she came in for like measurements. We're doing like a boot camp type thing at the gym and came in for measurements and stuff like that. And I use, you know, body weight, yeah. physical measurements, photos, because you know, if you, it's okay to want to take care of your health and it's okay to want to improve how you look and feel more confident and things like that. I totally am okay with that. And I agree with that. That's fine. Um, there's no judgment here about what you, what makes you feel good. Um, but I remember her coming in and she brought along her daughter her daughter's, I don't know, like maybe seven, eight, nine. And one of the measurements that I do was a neck one. And it was literally because my sheet says neck on it. And it was a sheet that I got from somebody else. And so I did the neck measurement and the little girl had asked, well, why are you measuring like her neck? And I remember the mom kind of interjected really quickly. And she was like, well, cause there's still some fat there. And I was just like, okay. And I was like, don't talk about your body like that in front of your children, please. Don't talk about your body about that like that in your own head. But like, exactly. I was just like, now that I was so concerned that that little girl was going to go home and, and like look in the mirror and be like, well, is my, do I have fat on my neck? And then that be a thing of her being concerned about whether or not her neck has fat. Like I was like, and they oh, will. I need to remove neck from my measurements. I was just like, Oh no, no, there was a, there was a, there's a different way to have that conversation. And there was a different way to introduce like, Hey, I want to be more physically active and I want to eat healthy, nourishing foods. Yes. That have nothing to do with tearing down your body in whatever it looks like. Even if you're not happy with the way it looks, that doesn't mean that you can't love who and what you are right now and still want to improve it. And that's really a thing that I try and get across is like, there's nothing wrong with this. You can no. improve that, but there's nothing wrong with you right now. And, and that crushed me. And I was like, dear God, if that little girl goes home and is worried about neck fat, I'm going to freak out. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's a couple of things that you hit on too. It's like, whose perception are we following around what our body is supposed to look like? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think, um, that's something that I work really diligently with around women is like the lens, the cultural conditioning, the lens that we're all given of what beauty is. Yeah. Right. And, and what is, so, you know, you think about 
like a bikini body. Oh, you know I know. I mean, you know? Right? It's like everywhere. Wear a and bikini, it, you've got a bikini body. Or don't if you don't want to. Yeah, like, but it's it's just this idea that you look a certain way for pleasure. And it's like, whose pleasure is that? You know, it's not yours. Because there's nothing pleasurable about that. I'll tell you right now, ladies. Like, there's nothing pleasurable about counting out almonds. No. There's nothing pleasurable about weighing out your food. Right, yes, in some instances where there's, like, a medical intervention needed and there is, like, some real concern, that is necessary. But also we have to recognize, like, where did that, where did that, self-harm pattern begin with that allowed you to neglect your physical body so much that you've gotten to the point where you have to weigh out your food yeah. um you know like where there's you don't have awareness over what feels nourishing where exactly. you have, like this perception of like i feel satisfied that feels good or you don't recognize patterns where certain foods don't feel good like we with my clients um, I do something called their indulgence meal. Like when we do nutrition coaching, they have an indulgence meal. It's, it's the opportunity to have room for foods that maybe people would perceive as not being allowed. But really what the recognition is, is this idea that those foods all have a time and a place, but maybe don't eat them all the time because they make you feel like crap. But you know what? Every once in a while, they're okay to have. And if you enjoy them, have them. But be mindful of how your body feels and be mindful of, of, you know, what like those circumstances are or how you treat that food or how you rank that food. Be mindful of all of those things because there's no good or bad foods. There's no, there's no off limits foods. And, but what I find interesting is when people have um, maybe started to eat more mindfully, eat more, you know, vegetables and fruit and whole nutrient dense foods, like whole grains and things like that, or, you know, whatever, whatever that looks like. Um, when they start to eat more of that and then they go and have something that they're like, this is my cheat. I hate that word so much, but they're like, this is my cheat. I'm like, first of all, it's not cheating. Just stop it. Just stop it. But they go and have that and they feel like garbage. They feel yes. like total trash. And I'm like, we have been, we've been so far removed from our bodies that we don't recognize that that's how you probably feel all the time because you're not feeding yourself. You're not feeding yourself. You're stuffing your face full of food or food. Yeah. Quote unquote food you're eating, but you're not feeding yourself. And that's so much deeper than just supplying calories. That's like you, it's, it's nourishing. It's nourishment. And, and we've lived in a place where we're not nourishing ourselves for so long that we don't even recognize it anymore because we're so out of tune with our bodies. And that's crazy. It is. And, and it's like, it also comes, I really love like what you just said there, but like this cheat me. And it's like, we're not these awful, sinful beings wandering around the planet that are here to do harm to ourselves. Like that's not what we're here for. But you're right, we've become so removed, we've become so distracted, you know, we're not present with ourselves. And we hear this all the time, present, be present, be present. And it's like, well, what does that mean? What does it mean to be present? And it's like, you have to, as a sovereign being, like that's what your birthright is, is sovereignty, is sovereignty is the ability to have complete control over your life from a place of love rather than a place of fear. Right? When we're controlling our food, constricting our food, that's a place of fear. When we're over-exercising, it's from a place of fear, right? If we're fearful around our bodies or this oh-so-offensive fat or whatever, not being pretty, not being beautiful, it's like we really have to recognize like that that's not your own perception. Yeah. 
Yeah, and the same around food. That's not your own perception. But the thing is that we don't know what our own perception is because we haven't had enough time and free energetic space to like look at that, right? Where how many, you know, you look on your phone, right? Like how many of us are drowning in social media? How many of us are following people on Instagram that are perceived to be perfect? Yeah. And all we're doing is comparing ourselves to this person who is, I will tell you right now, probably one of those miserable people on the planet because that was me. Yep. Had yep. the perfect body. I, and I mean, I still have the perfect body. My body is like the bomb.com because it does all the cool things. It does all the fucking cool things, this body. Right. But it's taken me, I'm like, I'm 38 years old and I only now can look at my body with like love and reverence and respect. It's taken a long time. Right. So, but one of the things is that we have to recognize is that we have the choice we have that choice. It may not feel like it, but like we have that choice to decide if this is something that we want to pursue or not. And then it's like, then you have to ask, it's like that seven layers of why question, which is, you know, used in a lot of coaching platforms. But it's just also, it's really, really helpful. It's like, well, why is that important to me? Okay. I want to have the perfect body because it'll make me happy. Why is that important to me? Well, right now I'm not very happy. Well, why is that? Well, I, mm, I don't know. Okay, now we have like an I don't know. And the beauty about an I don't know is that there's room for all kinds of possibilities of exploration. Yes. Right? So it's like, you know, what it all comes down to realistically for most people is acceptance. We perceive, and it's shown to us that we will be accepted if we look a certain way. We will be accepted into our families, into our culture, into our friend circle, if we're pretty, if we say these things, if we do these things, if we dress this way, if we da 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 and acceptance is actually a really, really primal need because once upon a time, now you don't, whatever, like if, if no one accepted you and no one liked you, probably you're doing a few things right. I'll just say that. Um, <laughs> probably you're doing a few things in alignment with yourself and going against the grain, which we're seeing a lot of right now. But, um, you know, it would be okay because you have Netflix and you have Siri, you have all these other ways of engaging with the world without actually having to engage with people anymore. Yeah. But at one point in time, all the way back when, before there was so such thing as Amazon, I know everyone's like, oh my God, a life before Amazon, um, before there were smartphones, before there was any of that, if you weren't accepted by your tribe when we were tribal, and you weren't accepted by your village or whatever, you did something that was like not acceptable, which there are things that are not acceptable in certain societies, and, and there are straight across the board things that are not acceptable in all societies. If you were banished from your tribe, you would probably die. Right. So if we can start to understand that a lot of our instincts are really, really primal, then it gives us an opportunity to explore like, well, what, how do I want to be in this world? Right. Cause that's not instinctual. That's like cognitive thought. Mm -hmm. That's your consciousness. That's you wanting to express who you are. How do you want to live? What is the legacy that you want to leave behind? And these are conversations that you're not going to find in fucking cosmopolitan magazine. <laughs> right? You're not going to find it in shape or even women's health. Oh. You know, like be very, very, yeah. <laughs> oh, <Right? boy. laughs> be conscious of the media that you're consuming and recognize that like all you're seeing is one quick snapshot in time that is intentional right? I think that's, that's what people miss is that it's intentional. Do you think that these, like these fitness coaches and, and these health companies and whatever that they're, they're doing this shit for free? Yeah. 
right? Like none of us are working for free and we're not supposed to. So what I mean by that is recognizing that like who's benefiting from you never feeling successful? Who benefits from you never feeling confident, empowered, sexual, strong, complete, right? If some, if there is someone that you're following on Instagram or Facebook or wherever you're, wherever you're drowning your energy in, and there is a lot of places to drown your energy in, right? Be mindful of like, what are they perpetuating in you, Mm -hmm. right? If every time you look at someone's post, you feel inferior, that's a problem. That's like an unfollow. Yeah. Right. If every time you look at someone's post, you go right away and look in the mirror and you're suddenly like, Oh God, these bags under my eyes, these, this, like these lips that aren't full enough, these like boobs that aren't right. Like my, Oh, this piece of cellulite that still is here. Like if that's the narrative, then you need to have sovereignty. You need to have enough and you don't, you might, you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, self-love. That's me going to spin class. It's not right. Self-love is recognizing when you are perpetuating harm. Yeah. And doing the opposite, right? It's like protection. Think about yourself as a child and treat yourself accordingly. You know, so it's like go through, recognize that like the perception that you are holding on to around whether it's beauty, success, um, love, sexuality, health, it, whatever it is, finances is not probably your own. Yeah. It's not your own truth. It's not, it's not even anywhere near that. And so, you know, being present with yourself is removing the distractions. And I that's hard. totally love, love that you talk about social media and that like, that like comparison, because that's a huge, huge, huge thing that I I've talked about with my clients a lot lately where it's like, you know what, one of the best things that I did this year was curate my social media in a way that I was in control of what I was consuming. Exactly. And I have, I have, started to take those steps where if it's like, I don't, I don't love how that makes me feel gone. I don't, yeah. it's, not, it's not, it's not positive energy. It's not value bringing it's gone. It's gone. Yeah. Or if I'm not giving that back. So that was another huge part of it. It was like, I need value brought into like social media can be such a powerful tool, such a powerful tool because social media is how I came to find you, for example. And that's been a powerful tool for me to be able to um, learn and gain resources and education and understanding and a perspective that is not my own. And that's valuable. But also that same value needs to be coming out of me to other people. And if my social media consumption or what I'm putting back does not reflect that, then, then I'm not okay either. And so that, that has to go both ways. And like, and, and that, oh, I just, that is such a huge topic of conversation right now, especially when media is so, can be so toxic. And yeah. it's just like, ah, oh, I just, I love, I love that. That's so, I love it. And I think it's important that, you know, what is something that you mentioned and when we're talking about like nourishment, like nourishment with foods, right? So picking foods that are nourishing and there's a lot of like, Food, there's a lot, let's put it this way. There's a lot of things to eat out there. Not all of it is food. So like that's, right? There's a lot of things to eat out there. Not all of it is food. When we're thinking about nourishment, we want to think about things that like vibrate a life force, right? And now taking that one step further and you're looking at your social media, you're also consuming that. Yeah. That also is like, so everything that you 
literally everything is made out of energy. We can, this is like, this is not me just being woo-woo. This is like a scientific fact. You can look it up. Everything is made out of energy, right? And either the energy is vibrating at a high frequency, which is what we're all obtaining to. It's like the highest level of consciousness. Love vibrates at a really, really high frequency. So we'll just use like really easy things. Love vibrates at a high frequency. Fear vibrates at a low frequency. We ideally, while we are here on this planet, we are all operating in higher frequency things, joy, gratitude, love, happiness, like pleasure, those kinds of things, sensuality, sexuality. But we also have to recognize that we are like, we're dualistic by nature, which means that we also have the opportunity to operate a low frequency. We can experience happiness. We can experience sadness. Same goes with food. Same goes with things that we're consuming. You are either consuming foods that are high frequency. So things like, um, just give you an example. So like spring water, you live in beautiful Alberta. There's a lot of natural springs, right? Um, natural fresh water. That's like tumbling down a beautiful waterfall, really, really high frequency. You turn your tap on, you pour that into a glass, low frequency water, right? So everything has like high or low, depending on what's happened to it, depending on how it's been manipulated. Same with food. Apple, super high frequency. Applesauce, slightly lower. Apple pie, even lower still. Like, you know, so on and so forth. Down the line it goes, right? So the same with our media consumption. We are either consuming things that are of high frequency. So these are things that are advocating for love, advocating for peace, advocating for equality, for nourishment, for safety, you know, nonviolence, like things like that. Um, even advocating for beauty in the sense that we are in honor of. And then we have things that are advocating for fear. These are posts that are like, are you tired? Like it always starts like this. Are you tired of that extra five pounds, right? It's fear-based. It's fearful around your body. So being mindful that like whatever you are in contact with, you are going to pick up that frequency. Everything is vibrating. It's amazing. And whatever you are in contact with, you're going to essentially start vibrating at that same frequency. Happiness is a frequency. So is energy. And I mean, how many of us have ever said in our lives, oh my God, I'm so tired, mm-hmm. right? Like, and yeah, there's a reality. You're tired because you're working too much. You're, you're doing too many things. You know, you're taking, I mean, hopefully now with like COVID and, you know, sports being a bit monitored and, and teared down, you're not waking up at 4.30 in the morning to take your kids to hockey practice and then going to work. Like, come on, stop, right? So tired also though, can be like an energetic crisis. It can be a soul crisis. It can be a soul that is like battered with too much low frequency information. So right now, I mean, it's really hard to get away from that at the moment. So like use your judgment as where you're engaging, Um, you know, but recognize that like you actually are in control. Like, the girl on Instagram, and I say this with like as much love and reverence as, as possible, like the girl on Instagram who's posing in bikinis selling you a fitness program isn't going to notice if you unfollow her. Yeah. Right? Like, but you'll notice. Yeah. You'll notice. You'll notice. Your, your family will notice. Your children will notice. Because you know what you won't be? You won't be in this like doom and gloom of comparison. I love that right? you... I love that you just talked about, you know, like we, we're, it's either love or it's either fear. And because I will, I will fully, like, as soon as you said that, I thought, 
how many times, because I'm, I'm obviously in the fitness industry, and I remember learning in the fitness industry that you have two options when it comes to sales, because it is about sales. You have to earn an income. You have to provide for your family, and you have the option of people will move towards something that feels good, and they will move away from something that feels bad. So you want to capitalize on those two things. You want to introduce the concept of if you don't do this thing, and I, oh, oh, oh. No, so I'm already like, I know. I hate this so much, but it's like, if you introduce this idea that, um, if you don't get personal training with me, cause I worked for a company that did this, they, they taught this and I hated it. it. It feels sick. It feels sick to even talk about it. Um, but I remember them saying like, Oh, if you introduce this idea that if you don't personal train with me, um, in five years, you're going to have diabetes in 10 years, you might be dead and you'll never walk your, your daughter down the aisle or something like that. Yeah. Like you introduce this idea that their life will be horrible and will, and will be devastating and will like, and you introduce all this horrible stuff because if they don't do this thing with you, if they don't buy this thing, then that's what's going to happen. But if they do buy this thing, look at this magical thing that they could achieve. And it's like, uh, oh, I just hate that. And then, but then when you said that, I was like, how much of that still perpetrates in my head and how much of that like sales ideology do I still do by accident? And now I'm like, I need to go back and I need to look and I need to look at how often I'm doing those things without recognizing that I'm doing those things. Or maybe I am recognizing it and ignoring it because, you know, and I was like, as soon as you said that, I thought, Oh, I've done that. I've done that. And that makes me sad. It makes me sad that I've done that because I know I have where it's like, Hey, are you t sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? And I'm like, I've totally done that. And I'm yeah, like, so hmm, is there a better way? Is there a better way to talk about, wellness and nourishment and, Absolutely. and, and resonate in one of those higher frequency ways and, and talk to people in that way. And I'm like, huh? So I, I really want to take the moment to say thank you for bringing that up because it totally was a moment of self-reflection where I was like, I've definitely done that. And maybe there is a better way to do that. And there's a better way to resonate with people that's not making them feel bad. And instead we can introduce them to wellness and nourishment and all that in a more positive, higher frequency way, because that's, I think something that's needed more because I've definitely, I've definitely used the doom and gloom, um, as a tool, right? We all have. And so thanks for sharing that and just like offer yourself some forgiveness. Like, cause you know, the last thing that anyone wants and, and when you're in the service industry, like you are providing an excellent service for people like we don't want guilt yeah. like looming over us, right? Like I've been there too, where it's been like, oh, you want to lose five pounds before your wedding? Well, what happens if you don't? Like, and then we recognize later that what we know might not have been the best thing. <laughs> so we can use that, like moving from fear to love and anything. So anyone who's in the fitness industry right now, like if you're listening, you know, like a, have a right to charge for your services that yeah. is, this is a service you have an education behind you you have expenses like this is your job just like the person who works at the bank that's their career do you know what I mean yeah. you have the right to earn an income what you want to do though is like remind people that self-love isn't actually related to like the way that they look yeah right? like loving yourself actually has nothing to do with the way that you look yeah you can like the pants that you're wearing you can like the way that you've done your hair mm -hmm. whatever those are all fine. Those are also things that can also be removed from you. So yeah. what we mean by like high frequency and what we mean by self-love and self-acceptance is when we take away all of the tangibles, when we take away all of the things that are 
not created by us. We have to still be able to look at ourselves in a way of reverence, right? Yeah. So really revere, like you are woman. Hello, you're like the center of the universe. You literally have the center of the universe in your universe. And you have a clitoris, two amazing things, right? Like you have all of this good stuff in you. And we've just been in such, a, I mean, you know, and you, this is like very, a little bit down the conspiracy rabbit hole, but you can start looking at like when women have come into power, how the fashion changes, mm-hmm. you know, you can start looking how, when there's been women marches, like what is the fashion that comes out like following that, right? Like 1970s, famous for the women's marches, 1980s, famous for like the heroin induced model look. Yeah. You, how do you disempower someone? Oh, you starve them. Yeah. Right. How do you disempower someone? You put them on a fucking spin bike for an hour. Right. And I mean, no disrespect, ladies who own spin classes. I get it. Like I appreciate that you are moving from a place of wanting to empower people, but like you need to also understand like the language that you use. You need to also have some like diversity, like, you know, cause like, that's not the answer. I will say that right now. There's no one answer and that, you know, there's some things that are further away from the truth than others. Yeah. Right. So when you're thinking about yourself, you, we often get into this, dogma so teachings right very strict teachings that there's something good and there's something bad Mm -hmm. and i really want you all to be able to dissolve that notion so this goes into sales too right there's only decisions made from fear and there's decisions made from love the decisions that are made from love are going to be the most sustainable and they're going to be the most nourishing in the long run they're going to carry you in the long run decisions made out of fear are quick fixes are looking to solve a problem that doesn't actually exist and that actually isn't a problem So having conversations around sales, talking to your clients, these or prospective clients and always giving them the picture of only love. Yeah. They already are, they are doing enough of the fear dance themselves. Yeah. Right. Opportunity. Yeah. Possibility. Focus on the possibility and let them know, like, I'm here to support you from a high place of integrity. So that comes with personal integrity too, right? A high place of truth and a high place of love in whatever realm we're looking at. Do you know what I mean? But then you have to make sure that you walk the walk, not just talk the talk. So if you're trying to empower women and you are trying to steer women into the direction of coming home to their truth, but you're still on a diet, that's going to be problematic, right? Not because you are now a liar, like none of those things. It's, we're all just, we're just talking about frequency, right? So when our frequencies don't line up with the things that we're saying or the things that we want to be doing, because we still are moving in a place of fear, we accidentally project that onto other people. 100%. Yeah. Right. We just do. It's not on purpose. You're not an asshole. You know what I mean? It's just the way that we've been so conditioned. And so it's not, it's a lack of awareness a lot of the time. Absolutely. That you can- Who talks about love? Who teaches us about love? Who do we learn about love from? We watch our parents and that might either be a really good example of love or it might be a really bad example. Um, I've actually yet to meet a woman who has told me like, oh yeah, no, my mother loved herself completely. Never come out of their mouths ever, right? So we learn self-love by watching our mothers. What are most of our mothers doing? They're dieting, they're stressed out, they're, and I, I get it, that's, it's a product of a culture, right? This isn't, this isn't like an, by the way, this is, none of this is accidental, no. right? You have to remember that everything is intentional. The media that you're consuming, that media is a company that has an intention. Everything is intentional, right? So self-doubt in women particularly is also intentional. Mm-hmm. I read a, read a really interesting, and this was around slave, like this was particularly around slavery, and it was a, 
an excerpt from a newspaper that was printed in London in like 1853. And I'm not going to quote it word for word because I don't know that the quote is word for word, but these, these um, slave traders were being asked by the journalist, how do you, how do you make a slave? Like, how do you get these people to like, do these things? things yeah. How do you get these people onto a boat other than violence? I mean, violence is one aspect of it. And we can start, we can begin to see violence against women in our culture in very subtle ways. Yes. Pornography, the sex trade, um, Playboy, Maxim magazine, the diet industry, like yeah. anything that is removing a woman, let's just like get clear, like anything that's removing a woman from her truth and love of herself, let's consider it violence. Yeah. Okay. okay. That might sound like a bit extreme for some people are like, whoa, like, blah, 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 blah. it is right. Like if we're removing something from love and from truth, let's consider it violence. Yeah. So there, you know, violence is part of the slave trade, obviously. And we're, we're all, um, gaining a lot of awareness hopefully and using that to become better people and better humans for our own generation and the generations moving forward with us um but one thing that this slave trader said that really struck me was that we make them doubt themselves mm -hmm. we make them so full of doubt of themselves that they start to believe everything that we're telling them Oh. You know, so when you take a culture, and this isn't just happened in slavery, this is part of colonialism as well. And colonialism has happened probably all over the world. There's not too many countries that haven't been colonized by Europeans and, and Christianity, right? So what do we do? We make them doubt themselves. So when we can think about that. In relationships, right? Like uh, when people are like mentally and verbally abusive and, and then what do you, like, you see that in relationships all the time where women feel like they can't leave because they're not worth anything. And if they were to leave that situation, that, that they wouldn't be able to get more. Like they, they're not worth more. Like we see that, that self doubt as part of abusive relationships all the time. And that, that's not something that I, I can speak to in terms of like having a good education or understanding behind, but the patterns are there 100%. Absolutely. And that comes in, you know, watching, you know, even if there was no violence in your home, yeah, you know, your mother's ability, inability to make a decision without consulting your yeah. father or partner, like whomever, whatever the dynamic is in the home. It's like, what does that teach us as little girls? Mm -hmm. Like, right? It's like, yeah, there are things. Obviously, if you're probably buying a boat, you want to like have a conversation with your yeah. partner. You're in hey, like, yeah, right. It's a partnership. It's a conscious partnership. But you know, how many women? Yeah, like I mean, we've all done this, and and that's okay. Releasing any judgment around ourselves. Does this look okay? <laughs> I do it all the time. I won't lie. I do it all the time, and it's terrible because when you say it, I'm like, I know exactly what she's gonna say. <laughs> like, don't you know? Yeah. Right? Don't you know? Like, don't you know that that looks? Do I look fat? But that's that like that piece that you were talking about where we want acceptance, exactly. and and that's like it's we want somebody else to acknowledge because then we can acknowledge it if somebody else does. But heaven forbid, we, do we do it before somebody else tells us. <laughs> like, we don't want to do it wrong. Do you know what I mean? Like, heaven forbid we do something wrong. Oh, goodness. Like, we don't want to be wrong. I don't want to wear the wrong thing. <laughs> it's like, are you clothed? Like, are you clothed? <laughs> no, we're not. That could be cool, too. Whatever. Like, depending on where you live, that might be okay. Right, but it's we. It, is it okay? I, you know, and this breaks my heart. Um, 
when women don't have sovereignty over their finances. So that means like you don't have your own money, you don't have your own control over your own money. And I remember not that long ago, I was looking for a pair of jeans and I was in the dressing room and there was obviously another woman in the dressing room next to me. And she had to call her husband to ask if it was okay if she bought a pair of jeans. And I thought like, ooh, are we still there? You know, and he said no, by the way. Like he said no, that it wasn't jeans. And I could just feel, like I don't even know her. Like I can't see her, but I could just feel that like deflation. Right. Oh, so we're pretty like, all over the place, that right? Feeling trappedness too. Like I would feel so I don't know, that just that makes me feel uncomfortable and that makes me feel like I'm in this weird little cage. And that's not even me, but that's what it makes me think of. That makes me feel like I'm in this weird little cage. Yeah. So it's, it's like these you know, so we have fear around money as well. Like we have so much fear around so many things because really like that hasn't existed for us safely for so yeah. long. Right. And it, and truly like what I want us all to really be able to wrap our head around. I know I'm all over the place, but no, I, okay. everyone's keeping up. Everyone's keeping up. You're doing a great job. This is welcome. <laughs> to, like, welcome to the, welcome to the circus. Um, <laughs> is that if we're all energetic beings and energy is everywhere, then that means whatever's happening to me energetically on some very, very subtle level is happening to another woman somewhere energetically. Does that make sense? So like if I'm imitating love, like I'm radiating love, I'm vibrating at a really, really high frequency, like I'm doing the meditations, I'm working diligently at self-acceptance, I'm working to honor my menstrual cycle, I'm working to honor like my role as a woman in my own way, whatever that means for me. And that's for everyone to find on their journey. Do you know what I mean? And that's a lot of the work I do. It's like, what are you? What are you as woman? What does that mean to be woman? What What does it mean? You know, obviously, other than the obvious, right? So working at that. And now my vibrational frequency becomes so high and so powerful that someone somewhere is going to benefit from that. Mm-hmm. The first people that are going to benefit are obviously myself, my immediate family, my daughter, my husband, my parents, like the people yeah. that I surround myself with the most. But can we start to imagine the effect as, so like, here's the other thing, even to have this conversation is a privilege. Right? There's women all over the world that, by the way, don't get to have these conversations because yeah. it's legal or it's not safe for them to do so. So as Western privileged women, it is your duty as the gift of walking on the face of the earth to start knowing yourself and to move out of distraction so that you can be more purposeful on this planet. It doesn't mean you have to go and like start a, a, like a a not-for-profit. It doesn't mean you have to go open an ashram. It doesn't mean you have to do those things, but it, it means that like you have to begin to recognize that there's more to you than meets the eye and that there's more purpose for you here on this planet other than just to look nice to have the perfect body, right? There's more purpose for you. So if we can start to understand that, like whatever I do, that's moving in a place of love and in a place of honor of this like collective humanity that we're all participating in, the more a woman on the other side of the world is going to benefit, Mm -hmm. right? Because unless all of us are free, and I really want, this is like something that I teach all of my clients, I talk about this a lot, unless all of us are free, none of us are free. And those of you listening, I want you to really understand that. Like, unless all of us are free, none of us are free. So those of us that are actually free, for real, like 
chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you have a certain element of liberty. You probably have the right to vote. You probably have the right to marry whom you want to. You probably have the right to money. You probably have the right to healthcare, the right to education. Do you know what I mean? If you do not find a way to love and honor yourself and you are perpetuating this idea that you're not enough by being on ridiculous diets, by doing fasted cardio, by whatever it is, shooting, but like, I get it. Like breaking up with Botox is like an entire series that I do with people. Do you know what I mean? Like if you are still so consumed with trying to be perfect without recognizing that you already are, what you're essentially doing is you're perpetuating a, your own element of slavery, but you're perpetuating like the, the lack of freedom for other women in the world because you can't engage. Yeah. Right. When you're so distracted, you're so distracted by your diet. You're like, how much effort does it take to dislike yourself? Right. Like that's full on. Like energy gets wasted. How much energy that you could be using for other purposes gets wasted on that thing. You know, and we talk a lot about, you know, if we're remembering energy and we talk a lot about, you know, even just the examples that you and I had, like this young girl watching me getting picked apart and now recognizing that that's going to be her story and, and so on, right? This perpetuation, right? Because this is all learned behavior. Yeah. Just like love, like love, intimacy, sexuality, power, it's all learned behavior, just mm-hmm. like self-loathing. And a lot of women don't identify, like they're like, well, I don't hate myself. And I'm like, but are you sure? Yeah. You know, are you sure you don't hate yourself? Are you sure that you're not perpetuating that? Right. So those of us, especially with children, you have a responsibility to ensure that whatever trauma and fear you're carrying around your body and the idea of not being good enough, like it's your responsibility not to pass that down the line. Yeah. And it takes an act like, talk about bravery, talk about strength, talk about resilience, talk about courage. There's nothing more brave than looking at your own stuff and recognizing that you actually have control over it this whole time. Oh, I love that. Kelly, you say some of the like, some like, ah, profound things, profound things. I love it. Um, okay. So time. Yes. Yes. I, I, I could, we could have this conversation for like five hours. Yes. Uh, literally, I have to say this really quick. I, I had the opportunity to ask you one question and I like this. I like having a conversational tone to my podcast in that um, I don't like it to be like, you know, a Q and a type thing. Um, so I had the opportunity to ask you one question and we got so, so, so much conversation and different topics and different things out of that one question. And I literally have five other questions sitting in front of me. So here's the deal. Okay. We have, we have to come back to these. We're, into Q&A. We're going into Q and a. Yes. No, 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 no. It's, it's okay. But what I, what I mean is like, we, we need to come back and, and flesh out some of these other topics that I, that I, that I absolutely need to talk to you about because we had so much conversation around like one kind of main theme and I just, I cannot wait to dive into some of these other questions. So I, I truly hope that you will, um, you will come back and have some more conversations with me. I would love to. There are some really cool ones that I really want to talk to you about around 
um, like women and their sensuality and their role within romantic relationships and things like that, because I know that's a big part of what you do. And that's something that I find really interesting. And that was, was my next question, but I, I don't want to, I don't want to just touch on it because I think that would be doing it a, a huge disservice as well as a few other things that I want to ask. So um, let's, let's plan to revisit these in a future podcast episode. If you would be so kind as to return. I would be honored to. I would be okay. honored. Okay. I love it. Okay. But I will ask you one more. Yes. Um, because I love asking this question because I'm like you said, um, I'm at you're you, we are always seeking, we're always seeking. And um, I know I'm still definitely that person that's still seeking a lot of things and information and resources and things like that. So I like reading, I like listening to podcasts, I like finding that information, finding people that really resonate with me and things that I consume. So one book, or it doesn't even have to be a book, maybe it's a person or um, like a podcast or something, what is one resource that you would, would be at the top of your recommendation list? I think for women, I think one of the most profound books that I ever read, which really helped me begin the process of understanding like my role as a woman and sexuality, uh, hold on to your hats. It's called Pussy. Yes, of course it is. It is. It's called Pussy. Um, you know, I get it. It's like, it's hard to go into a bookstore and be like, I'm looking for a book uh, called... Uh, That's where Amazon could be, maybe. Amazon comes in. This is where online shopping absolutely comes in. But it's, um, you know, uh, a lot of women, that word is, is a hard word to digest. And because it's, it's really been manipulated into something that's supposed to make us feel dirty and shameful. And so part of um, sexuality and sensuality is ridding ourselves of the shadow aspect that um, cultural conditioning has given us. Mm -hmm. Right. So that would be, um, I would say for any woman who is feeling like, why, why can't I just get this right? Why am I so unhappy? Why do I cringe when I go to have sex with my husband? I mean, we've all been there. Um, why do I, why do I not acknowledge that part of my body? Like, why am I so ashamed of myself? I think that that's a, it's a, it's a pivotal read. Like it's, it will be, um, incredibly uncomfortable to read for most women. You will most likely have to read it three or four times to be able to just get through it because it's so, uh, we don't realize how ashamed we are of our feminine selves and our, our sexual organs, our ability to hold pleasure, our ability to hold pain until we start reading works like this, until we start listening to conversations, until we start delving into some of the work around intimacy and sexuality and what it means to disassociate ourselves from dogma, what it means to disassociate ourselves from sin, the idea of sin. Um, you know, you don't realize uh, really the layers of trauma that have been created for us mm -hmm. and placed upon us until you start hearing the words and trying to read through the words, right? And then you're like, oh, oh, oh. and then you'll you'll go through like almost like a grieving process, and and rage is part of that process, which is something that um, I work through with a lot of my clients: the suppressed rage. So you know, that, that's a really good place to start, I believe, on the journey of um, power for women. 
think that'll be too really good because like I said, I, I really want to have more conversations around that part of your work. So I think that'll be a really good precursor if people yeah. can dive into something like that. And then um, the next time we have a chance to speak, we can, we can talk about a lot of those topics and this might be a good, really great way to digest some of that in your own space and in your own time and where you're comfortable with digesting it. And then we can really speak to those conversations. So I, I've not read it and I will definitely, um, I'm, I'm not sure that I am brave enough to walk into the bookstore, <laughs> as you said, because I used to be uncomfortable. But I will definitely, I will definitely give that a read because that is something that I am, that really struck me when we first had our conversation that I was like, this is a topic that I think we need to talk about more. And this is a topic that I personally really would love to dive into. So I'm really excited to give that a read. Um, now, um, before we take off, I do have to ask because I'm sure that after people listen to this, they're going to be like, how do I meet this woman? How do I, how do I get involved with her? So where can people find you online? And or if they would like to have more conversation with you or work with you in any capacity, what are the steps? Yeah, so I would say Instagram is the, the place that I'm the most active. So it's Kelly, at Kelly Ratney on Instagram. Um, uh -huh. And, you know, uh, or the Priestess Code, that's like my, uh, the other hand, like, so they'll both show up. Priestess okay. Code, Kelly Ratney. Um, and that's the best place to find me right now. My website is under construction at the moment, which is great, but it's, it's, you know, I want to make sure that it's done the way that I want it to. So there's no rush on that. And you can message me or you can go my link in the bio and there's, you know, everything that you can get involved with, you know, booking a call, you know, emailing me, all of those things, my, my private groups, that sort of work is there. Um, something that I have coming up, which I'm really looking forward to starting in September is I'm going to be doing more mini workshops because I really work yes. with women. So I don't do single sessions um, anymore, you know, and even for those of you that are like in the fitness industry, we can all recognize that like one session isn't going to cut it. Yes. You know what I mean? So, but this way it allows people to get a taste of my work before um, they commit to working with me in a more full capacity. So that's coming down the line. All that information will be on Instagram. Um, you know, so go check it out, watch my IGTVs, you know, look at my posts, see what it is that even if it doesn't resonate with you, I get this is, there's a lot of stuff here and I really applaud all of you for hanging in there and, and listening through the whole thing or watching through the whole thing. Um, it's pretty full on, but you are full on, truly. You are as a woman, you are so much more than you have ever been led to believe, you know? And so it can feel overwhelming. It can feel like, oh my God, what is she talking about here? I'm just worried about my like inner thigh gap. I don't even know if that's still a thing. It probably is still a thing. Um, you know, and that's no judgment. This like from such reverence and such experience, that was my life too. Um, but yeah, that's where you'd find me is that's the easiest way. You can send me a DM, I'll reply to you. Um, I also offer people like a complimentary, like just a, you know, it's like a connection chat. It's like, Hey, I have some questions about your work. I don't even know why I'm calling you. I get that all the time. I don't even know why I'm on this call. Like, I don't even know what I need to know. And um, so it's complimentary. It's an hour out of your time, you know, so my calendar link is in there as well. You can go in if you have questions for me, but yeah. Um, you know, if, if there's anything that you took out of is, is, is that there's more to you than, than what you're being presented with. And my job, my role, my purpose on this planet is to ensure that all women know that to some degree in this lifetime before they 
move on to the next phase of their energetic existence. Oh, I love it. I think that is the perfect cap off of everything. And thank you for pulling that all together. Um, I will make sure to, uh, when I post this uh, podcast, I'll make sure to link all of Kelly's information so that you can get a hold of her because you're definitely going to want to check out what she's doing and stay tuned for future, um, future endeavors, because I think that's going to be wonderful. And I'm so looking forward to having more conversations with you because I, I do, I gain a lot from them and I really, really, really appreciate the time that you spent on here chatting with us. And um, thank you to everybody who's listening. Go give Kelly a follow. Um, you, will, you, will not be, uh, you will not be disappointed. And thank you again, Kelly, for being here. I appreciate that. Thank you, everyone. And I hope that you all have a blessed day wherever you are. And I look forward to being back sometime, Allie. Thank you. No worries. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and please leave a rating and a review so that more and more people can learn about the She-Wolf Den and join us for future episodes. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful day.